Welcome everyone to the Change Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Odom. And on this week's episode, we invite Maggie Klein, who is a family, who's been a ther- family therapist for over 33 years. She's a retired school psychologist, former teacher, uh, and a member of the Somatic Experiencing Global Faculty since 1999. Uh, she has written three books, all focused on uh, trauma responsive practices. The book we're talking about today is Brain Changing Strategies to Trauma Proof Our Schools. Uh, it was a really interesting conversation. Maggie has so much passion for this topic. Um, and again, she's very uh, focused on moving off of trauma-informed and focused on trauma-responsive practices. Um, her heart is apparent in this conversation. Her head of just research upon research and thoughts upon thoughts is so evident. Um, she's like me when I get excited about a topic, we pop up and pop, you know, all these different thoughts come up and they keep happening. And so uh, it's a it's a great conversation. I appreciate her sincerity. I will tell you, uh, we start this podcast off differently um, than we ever have. We, we ask the same question we always start with, with who are you and what do you love about what you do? And then I turn the reins over to Maggie for a three to four minute uh, meditation exercise. That was pretty interesting. So if you're driving, uh, you can fast forward through that part, obviously, but I would love it if you guys could come back and take part in the three minutes of meditation that she does, because I actually felt something that was different and was pretty cool. So anyways, conversation is awesome. The book again is called Brain Changing Strategies to Trauma-Proof Our Schools. Really interesting topic. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. We appreciate your listenership and viewership. It means the world to us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Maggie, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to have you here today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's so nice to meet you, Dustin. You have no idea because my dream is to bring my work to every good program that's already happening and make it even more effective. So thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, well, our first question, as you know, is who are you and what do you love about what you do? Well, I am. Who am I? Uh, I'm a first and foremost, I'm a human being that has um, resolved my early traumas and understands how suffering happens with students, with parents, with teachers, with the world in general. And many years ago, I was at a, a special forum to find my life's purpose many years ago, maybe 40 years ago, 45, 50 years ago when I was young. And I sat in a meditation with an open heart and looking for my life purpose with my hands open, ready to receive. And what I saw in my image imagination was the most beautiful picture. It was children sitting in at their desks in classrooms all over the world with a little heart above their head, a little heart, feeling that every teacher they encountered, every staff member in the school loved them. And that stayed with me for many years. And I became, a, I was a teacher first. I was an elementary school, I was a high school teacher in the 60s, an elementary school teacher in the 70s, 
uh, a school counselor in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, a school psychologist um, in, the early, in the late 1990s and the early 2000s. But I'm also a licensed marriage family therapy, therapist. I am an author of three books. Uh, and I am a, I, I just retired after 21 years of teaching a trauma-based program of naturalistic healing called somatic experiencing which is taught on six continents. And I've taught on five of those continents. It's um, a program to restore and heal trauma. It's a naturalistic approach of healing trauma in a way that is based on how our brains develop, the hierarchical development of the brain, starting with the brain stem that's active in the womb and continues to be active and how trauma gets stuck in that part. I develop play shops for people who work with children, whether they be parents or teachers or mental health professionals, anyone that works with children. And it's based on play because uh, my passion is to restore the goodness and the kindness through helping the child to feel comfortable and relaxed in their own skin so that they feel safe. Because without safety, children, no matter how much they try, no matter how much they want to be good, they don't take the information in, they, their memories are impaired. And so my life's work and my life's purpose has been, I guess you'd call me a pleasure lady, trauma repair, who developed the resilience roadmap for schools with, the, with my latest book that is designed to be used not just by parents at home, but by classroom teachers and school principals and mental health workers. So, but it can be adapted for the classroom because all of the exercises are appropriate also for the classroom. So it's pretty phenomenal. It took me a long time to write that book. <laughs> I think your passion is, exudes out of you. And so I, I start, I mean, I've got, you know, per, per usual, I've got plenty of questions for you, but as you started talking, I started thinking, man, I, I probably need some parenting advice right now as you talk about some of these. So we may go that route. How many um, kids do you have? How many children I have, do you have? I have three boys, a seven-year-old, five-year-old, and one-year-old. So we're oh, that's beautiful. Trauma, through, trauma, uh, trauma, trauma proofing your kids is the book for you. Uh, I will dive in. So uh, to honor what we talked about earlier, uh, you had a really cool idea for us to start off the podcast a little differently. So I'm just going to hand over the reins to you and let me know when you want me to take them back. Okay, wonderful. If any of the, your audience has taken the Leader in Me program, you may have seen the slide because I was delighted that Leader in Me is using it. And it's, uh, I call it the three to five minute weather report. But instead of the weather outside, like what's happening with the cloudiness outside or the sunny sky or the rain, it's having the children and the adults who are working with them at the same time. Right now it's going to be you and me together and also Dustin to take, to take a few minutes with eyes open or closed, however you feel safest, to pause, Feel your feet connected to Mother Earth. Notice the 
soles of your feet, whether they're in socks or shoes or barefoot, and how it's better to take shoes off because our shoes are no longer leather. So if you want to take your shoes off, go ahead. And you can actually begin to feel the energy from the gravity from the Earth's core coming up and connecting us to Earth, which is one of the fundamentals of being not traumatized, not dissociated. We can only be focused when we feel our sense of our bodies in gravity and space. So allow yourself to land. And I'll guide you a little bit to notice the temperature outside first of the air as it enters your nostrils. And notice if they're a little bit stuffy, if they're clear, if the air feels warm coming in or if it's a little, little chilly. And then as the air comes down through your throat into your lungs and fills it, Notice how far it goes, if it goes all the way to the lower diaphragm or not. Doesn't matter. You don't need to do anything today. This is completely effortless. It's just to begin to notice your breath in your body. You might notice where your hands are. They might be on your lap in an upward position or they might be touching or cross your body doesn't matter. And then notice inside. Inside is your, what we call the autonomic nervous system, the, the um, heart rate and your breathing and your stomach and your belly and your rib cage and your bones. And also our limbs, our arms and our legs and our neck and our feet and our hands. And I'll just give you a little bit time to settle if you're sitting to allow your pelvis to draw into the chair or the floor. You might notice that you were actually using a lot of muscles you didn't need to, to, to use. Just let them all go. And then notice how are your muscles? Are they tense or relaxed? Are you feeling, how is your mood? Are you feeling cloudy or sunny? Or is the weather mixed? Inside, is it warm in your chest and open with free breathing? Or do you feel nervous and agitated? Or maybe you feel excited to be here and to hear what the information that Dustin and I exchanged in the webcast. If you have a hard time noticing your autonomic nervous system, your, your organs, your internal organs, just notice how you feel in your muscles. Sometimes that's easier. You can even move your neck and orient and see if you're in a place that feels really safe and cozy with no distractions 
or if you're in a place that's noisy. When I look around, I see my beautiful backyard and I notice a pregnant squirrel. I always have wildlife that comes when I do one of these and it makes my heart open even further. And I'm feeling as I pause and I stop guiding you and I, I feel inside of my own body, how I become more relaxed. And I know that in this very moment now that I am safe. And it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. It doesn't matter if you're feeling bored or you're excited with me. It doesn't matter to me because it does. I want to inspire you, of course, but it's not going to change my weather because I love what I do and I can feel my heart opening and my breathing becoming deeper and going down into my lower diaphragm. And I'm still excited, but I feel more grounded now. I'll be able to answer all the questions with a clearer mind. Like I'm hoping that we can have our children do and our teachers do because they're grounded and centered. So my weather report is sunny with no clouds right now, even though it's cloudy outside. And I welcome you to, to open your eyes if they were closed and to look around, to make sure that you're in an environment where you feel safe. Because when we move our neck, we're actually stimulating a nerve called the parasympathetic nerve that lets us know whether we're in safety and danger. And at toward the end, I'll teach you another exercise that you can teach the kids and for yourself if they're not sure how they're feeling, if they're agitated when they, if you're a teacher and they're coming in from the playground and they feel agitated because something bad happened on the playground, uh, you can help them to, to look around and feel their neck and see if they're safe now, now that they're back inside the classroom with you, with the adults, yeah? This nerve goes down both sides of the neck. It's right next to our carotid artery, and it helps us to know whether we're safe or not. If we use our eyes, our nose, and our ears, and seeing that everything is okay. So I hope everything is good in your world, no matter what's going on in the outside world, and I welcome you. That was awesome. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to go take a nap right now, but I am <laughs> fully present, I will say that. Like, I feel calm you talked about when you sit back and you know sit down a little bit more i recognize there's a lot of muscles i've been using all day to sit and be on zooms and everything that's very tense and letting that go did something i don't know what it did but i felt you know like it was tingling all over of all right i am comfortable and i think you called it like safe uh that's interesting because i, I can we can we dive into that uh safety mindset for a second because I feel safe. Like when I'm here all the time, you know, talking to folks or, you know, at my house, I feel safe, but that exercise did something different. Um, why is the, why are we using the word safe versus relaxed or anything else? That's, that's interesting to me. Because a lot of the children that have come to us, whether they're, they're uh, in our family or they're in the school or in our neighborhood that are experiencing trauma, um, 
from my vast experience, only because I'm old, <laughs> I've had many decades, seven and a half decades of experience with life. Hold on, I'm gonna stop you. Those of you who are not uh, watching the video of this, uh, go to YouTube later and watch the video. You'll laugh <laughs> at uh, Maggie telling us she's old, but keep it moving. <laughs> um, that the children who we serve, who have the hardest time with um, with feeling happy, the kids that are depressed, anxious, angry, aggressive, hurt other kids in the school or the agencies. They're they're labeled conduct disordered, uh, oppositional defiant. That almost every one of those kids had an early trauma either in the fetal period or the first three years of life. Mm -hmm. And the first 18 months after birth is when safety and trust are developed. And it's not a concept that's mental. It's a concept developed through our, what Dr. Stephen Porges calls our neuroception, which is our perception of whether we feel safe or not, not from our neocortical mind, but from what our gut, our belly, our heart, our breathing, our heart rate is doing. That's what makes us feel safe or in danger. And children that were traumatized early usually have a faulty neuroception system. And what happens is they can perceive danger when there is none, always blaming the other. You may have that in your own family. I mean, some of it is typical with children developing when they have siblings. Um, but if, <laughs> if you get into arguments with your partner a lot and you're always blaming them, it's important to do the weather report inside of yourself. And if you stay there long enough, you may get images and discover that the reason it's so blown up in your own psyche is because of early trauma when you were too little to defend yourself. And so it triggers patterns. So I know with Seven Habits, I have this book, by the way, I used it when I was a school psychologist in the... Uh, in, in the that, I usually tell adults who have not uh, explored the Seven Habits to check out the teens book first because you're still... Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to meet Sean Covey in person. I just love this book. It's got cartoons. It's so simple to read. It's funny. He's got such a great sense of humor. By the way, humor is one of the eight essentials that I write about in my book for kids that had insecure attachment. And everybody has a little bit of insecure attachment. But basically, if you had secure attachment, you're resilient. You could become resilient very easily, no matter what happens. You know, I worked a lot as a consultant with school shootings. And the kids, and I worked with natural disasters after the Southeast Asian tsunami. I worked in the trenches in the worst hit village in, in Thailand. And um, uh, the people that had early secure attachment with, a, with three treatments, one to three treatments, could begin to start their lives again. They began to form community, go back to their places of worship. They started getting getting together in community and rebuilding uh, children that were traumatized by violence. If they weren't physically wounded, 
um, after three sessions, it's pretty easy to help them of sitting with them and helping them to notice how their body reacted and what it didn't get to do. And if it did get to do something, like the kids that are leaders, this is where leader in me comes in, right? The kids that are leaders and remembered what their teachers taught them about what to do in an emergency. And they told the class, this is the safest place, follow me. And the kids were saved. Those are the kids that are the least traumatized because their bodies, their limbs, come, from, come follow me get flat on the floor over here. We're safe in this, in this closet or under this desk or on, you know, in this area in the back of the room or rushes to lock the door. Um, they're the ones that have used the, the heightened cortisol and adrenaline to begin to use, that goes into the limbs for action. And the kids that didn't get to act and that lay there on the ground frozen or in the tsunami you know, uh, ran away, but watched other people not, and they didn't get to do anything to help, their, their limbs still want to do something to help. They want to pull the person out of the water or push the person down to be flat on the ground to safety. Our body wants to complete the incomplete responses and feel triumphant and successful. And those who complete the responses have they, they, they are left with far less devastating long-term PTSD. I, as I'm listening to this, I, I think, you know, I, I was a former high school math teacher and I think about so many of, uh, one of my wife's best friends is, was this awesome uh, elementary school teacher. And I feel like she connects with kids well. I'm sure if you ask me or her or other friends, like are your children safe in the class? Absolutely. But the level that you're talking the depth you're talking, I don't know if I could have diagnosed that properly. How do I even start to diagnose whether my kids are safe or not to really start figuring out, you know, which practices I need to, to help them with to get over their trauma? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, because I've had the training to recognize that and you haven't because you're, you're not a psychotherapist right. <laughs> and a marriage family therapist and a school psychologist. Well, um, one way you could tell is if is, is to ask them <laughs> if, they're, if they're old enough to talk, yep. you can say, do you feel where do you feel safest? Do you feel safe at home? Do you feel safe at school? Do you feel safe when you're on the schoolyard? When you go to your friend's house down the street or your neighbor's house and you're playing with those five kids, do you feel safe? And the kids will tell you. Lots of times they won't say anything because they think the parents won't understand. Uh, you know, if they were like my mother, what do you mean you don't feel safe? <laughs> or, right. or what do you mean you're, you're, you're cold? It's warm in here, you know, uh, which is very, very, uh, it's, it's emotionally abusive and intellectually abusive to a child to try to tell them how they're supposed to feel, mm -hmm. right? Instead of teaching them how to notice how they feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now I'm a safe person and most people that came to my psychotherapeutic practice, I was a psych family therapist for 35 years and they would come in feeling safe, um, especially especially because they came by recommendation because I never advertised. And people come to me for SE therapy and they come to me because they understand 
the principles of SE and that safety is important. But when I, in my early years, I could tell that some people that were very traumatized didn't feel safe. And I could tell by how they, their eyes darted around. Yeah, they're looking like they're scanning for danger. And I would always offer them the opportunity to choose where they wanted to sit. My office, like every office has a door to the outside world. It also had a glass window behind my chair, the chair that I took if nobody else took it, and a couch and another, ch another chair. And very often when people had the time, they, I didn't ask them to check their weather report, I asked them to check and see where they would feel safest sitting. And very often it was away from the door and the window and with their back on the couch with their back to a, a solid wall. And we would start to explore what that was like to feel safe and even do musical chairs and move so that they could have a, a way to compare when their body is feeling safe and when their body's not feeling safe. Yeah. What do you think, I mean, you, your, your goal, I would assume, is to have every school uh, to have trauma-proof practices, right? And what yeah. what is holding schools back or districts back from uh, taking the steps necessary so that they can say that their schools are trauma-proof? The research is very new. Uh, this book is loaded with 20 pages of research and uh, with uh, end notes. A lot of the research is coming from the mindfulness meditation community because, um, and, and mindfulness meditation, it begins with being able to track physical sensations, vipassana meditation, to track the physical sensations that are happening moment by moment in the body. So the beginning level of our training is very much alike, but we get more sophisticated because we go much deeper into the nervous system and we teach about self-protective responses, defensive responses, making healthy boundaries, uh, uh, boundaries that are assertive rather than aggressive. You know, we teach how to manage that fight response when somebody is, is, is uh, interfering with our happiness, how to make a boundary that's safe rather than being aggressive and hurtful, um, healthy aggression rather than violent aggression. So most people don't recognize the difference between PTSD and uh, acute trauma from something stressful, acute stress reaction. And most people haven't heard about what's in my book. You said something interesting uh, to our first question, which was, you know, who are you and what do you love about what you do? I have here, it says, you know, you find yourself as a human being who has resolved her life's trauma. Like that's a, that's a big statement. And I'm sure that's something that you have to, I'm assuming, I shouldn't say I'm sure, I'm assuming that's something that every day you have to be mindful of. What are those daily disciplines that you put in your life that uh, we can learn from to start trying to resolve our own trauma or just to be fully present? Like you, it resonated with me when you said sometimes we're looking back for the past trauma or looking forward for the future trauma. Uh, none of us want to be there. So how can we get fully present by learning some? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Well, every, almost every morning, I would say 90% of the time, unless I oversleep and I'm in a rush, I wake up and the first thing I do is reach over to my bedstand for my gratitude journal. And I write all the things that I'm grateful for 
not, not necessarily from yesterday, but from right this moment in time. So I do a weather report inside my own body when I wake up. I heard uh, a man say the other day, you can't uh, punish the trauma out of someone or discipline the trauma out of someone, um, which was really powerful. Because to your point, like so many of the kids that are taken out for the corporal punishment are the ones that need the, the love and the acceptance the most. Yeah, I won't say where it happened or when, but I remember uh, when I was a brand new counselor, I was helping this child and he was, um, a, uh, he was a little child of color and he was getting into trouble. He was very naughty. He had a very, very challenging home life and I was really helping him and making good progress. And he was so proud of his progress. And then I, he did something really terrible and I didn't understand why. And I found out that the vice principal had taken him in the closet and spanked him. I'm not gonna say what school district that was in, but that was such a horrible thing. And that don't, don't think for a minute that doesn't still happen. There are, there are most, almost all the teachers I encounter are wonderful heartfelt people. They love kids and they really wanna do their best and they're under so much stress. And so that's why these recommendations in the book are for the teachers and the staff to practice at faculty meetings so they can have ways to de-stress. So I try to live, nobody lives moment by moment every second, but I try my best throughout the day to I take little moments of meditation, of just check-ins. When I'm walking, I feel my feet on the ground and I pay attention. I'm not on my cell phone when I take my walk. I leave it at home. Now I'm tracking my steps. So I put it in my purse, but I don't look at my cell phone. I'm, I'm looking at nature and noticing how I'm feeling, how the walk makes me feel. If I'm, if I'm walking too fast and I'm getting too tense, if I'm, my mind goes to think of a problem I have to deal with, my garbage disposal went out and I need to have one installed and I'm not sure if I should get the dishwashers leaking all over the floor and I'm not sure what to do because there's no black ones because they're sitting in the port of Long Beach and I, they're not gonna be delivered till May. So should I just wash dishes or should I go out and try to find one? You know, those things are on people's minds, right? Everyday things. So it's like, I, instead of thinking about that, when I'm out for my walk, I bring myself back to my breath. I look around, I look at people's gardens. I look at the birds, I listen for sounds. I see a neighbor down the street and I stop and chat and have a little social engagement. And so I'm in present time. I, I, I don't let myself go to those worry places. I see it coming and I go, no, I push it away. I push it away. I'm training my brain. No, how do I feel right now? I'm, I'm talking to Dustin right now in this moment, and I'm going to take time to look more carefully at you to make sure that I answered all your questions because I can go off on many tangents because <laughs> I just love to. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you did answer the question in terms of, you know, you wake up, the way I look at it is you wake up and you practice a habit of gratitude. And throughout the day, you try to continue to center yourself to get present in the moment and present in your body, which is incredibly helpful. Like I said, our first exercise, um, while I feel like I was safe and present, it, I noticed something physical happen to me about my presence, which is really interesting. Uh, what are a couple of books or a couple of authors or a couple of ways you consume information, it could be podcasts or whatever, that are 
really impactful in your life right now? Altered Traits is one of my favorite books. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it, it was written by, people might be familiar with Daniel Goldman. He was the one who, who coined the word emotional intelligence. I would like to coin the word interoceptive intelligence, which goes below the midbrain circuits down into the deeper circuits. And Richard Davidson, they were given the task by the Dalai Lama to take mindfulness embodied meditation out of Buddhism and put it into secular science and to show that it works so that everyone, no matter what your religion or no religion, you could be Catholic, atheist, Protestant, Jewish, is you know Muslim, Hindu, doesn't matter, Native American, no religion, to take it out of religion and to put it to do neuroscience. So these guys are at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. If you're um, an early educator, you can go onto their website and they and download for free a whole program for the schools. I, I, a lot of the research, I read their work. Um, I'm constantly informed by my, my nonprofit, not my personal nonprofit, although I used to be on the board of directors. It's the Somatic Experiencing, uh, Somatic Experiencing International, which is a, we're dedicated to healing trauma all over the world. Uh, currently working with a group, three different nonprofits that work with refugee children in different places in the world. I just had, um, a children's picture book that was published uh, in, in Italian, Arabic, and English for Syrian refugee children and those in Beirut wow. and, uh, that speak Arabic and also in Jer Jericho that speak Arabic so that they can use with the caregivers and giving them volunteer mentorship. So last two, two questions. This one, first one, probably pretty quick. The last one may be a little more complex uh, in terms of how, where you want to take it. But uh, we've been asking everybody, uh, you know, what are some disciplines? What are things that you read or impact you? And then uh, what kind of music, if you're out and about uh, driving around or, you know, wherever you listen to your music, uh, someone I interviewed recently said she doesn't listen to music. She listens to uh, sports talk radio. And that's like her thing. <laughs> I'm not trying to pin you down to listen to some no, music. No, no, no. How yeah. you answer that question? I, I listen to K-Jazz a lot from Long Beach, uh, broadcast from Cal State Long Beach, my, my alma mater. And uh, uh, I love jazz, I love blues, I love world music. So anything, any world music, uh, especially if it's got an Afro-Caribbean beat. Um, I love Brazilian music. I love, um, um, I love good old fashioned rock and roll from my era, you know, Rolling Stones and all that, uh, Grateful Dead. So I listen to all that. Uh, I don't like so much the 80s music. I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> the 90s music, I don't understand it. I do, I do uh, help kids. I used to help them when rap first came out to rap their own lyrics and to make, to, to, not, let, to not keep them with everything terrible, but to rap, make their lyrics their own about what they wanna bring forth into their lives that would be positive. Yep. So that it doesn't deny reality, but it also doesn't bring it forward. The last question we ask everybody is, um, again, you're someone who surrounds yourself with really smart people and thoughtful people uh, and is constantly seems to be challenging your own mindsets. Yeah. What's the best, strongest piece of advice for 
us to live, love, lead differently um, that you've come across or that you just can't get out of your brain? It could be from your book. It could be from your friend who just traveled in to see you. It could be from anywhere. I'm just curious what's something that's resonated with your head and heart that you just have to tell others. What's coming up is go easy on yourself mm. that life is not about perfectionism. It's, it's really about experiencing joy and kindness and love and loving your mistakes because that's how you learn. Um, being willing to be open-minded and also being willing not to make assumptions about other people and jump to conclusions, but to check in and see where your thoughts or your feelings might be coming from. Because very often they're coming from prejudice from the past. Mm. Yeah. So, and, and be inspired. Don't, if you read this book, if you want to make a curriculum out of it, great. But just give me credit for it. But I hope to inspire you to be creative, to make it yours, to, to take the ideas and run with them in your own style, in your own way, because there's nobody's is, is better than you because you have, nobody has the same experiences, the same breadth of, breadth of knowledge. You see things and you know how to make change when you feel what's happening inside and you come from creativity and love, you can't go wrong. So don't be a copycat, be inspired by others. Take from others, give them credit for it, be grateful for what they've given you and make your own so that we all can be in this together and collaborate, don't work alone. You know, bring other people. I have the teacher, the teacher of the year, uh, Nietzsche Avina, she is bringing this work all over. I'm, I'm encouraging people to take my work and distribute it all over. I'm not, I'm not going to hold on to it. Say, oh, you can't have this. I'm, I give my information freely. So I encourage you to do the same. I can't thank you enough for making time for us. Um, I, the work that you've poured into uh, trauma, you said trauma uh, res re responsive versus trauma-informed. Trauma-responsive. It means actually doing activities that retrain the brain. Right. That's why I, want, I wanted to honor it because I liked it because so many of the conversations to your point earlier uh, are around trauma informed. And so I wanted to make sure I got the right word. That, that you is so know. boring. That is so boring. It drives me nuts. Really, because everybody knows there's trauma in the world. I mean, if you have a television, you know, there's trauma. If you're alive, you know, there's trauma. It's like you don't have to be informed. But um, most teachers can pick up most of the traumatized kids. So we don't need to be any more informed. We need to learn about the nervous system and the, the triune brain, not just the right and left hemisphere, but the, the circuits that really, um, they really regulate us or dysregulate us. First, we have to get our kids regulated. We have to get ourselves regulated. The adults need to get, oh, that's the most important thing. The adults need to get regulated first. And then they get the children regulated because the children pick up from our nervous system what's going on. So if you have an anxious mom or dad holding a baby, the baby's going to get an anxious nervous system. That's how it works. I'm sorry, folks, but that's how it works. We can reverse it all. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff clearly I got to go work on because I'm thinking about the challenges that my kids have and how I have to. Uh, yeah. Trauma-proofing your, trauma your, your, your kids is the parenting book yeah. for you. Well, I appreciate your passion for this topic. I appreciate your head for this topic as well as 
I mean, just all the work that you've done to really, you know, spread this message and to dive into trauma responsive care. Um, I wish you the best for those of you who have been here with us. Please go check out the book. Again, I've got, we'll have it in the show notes. Uh, I've mentioned it again in the, uh, the intro. I, I just feel like there's so much here that can just help all of us is, you know, you were, we're talking earlier, Maggie, this isn't about just for schools, even though it's how to trauma proof your school, you can read this. And again, as an adult, it can help you and it can help you with your own kids. It's not just about schools. So um, Maggie, thank you for your time. We appreciate it so much and wish you the best. It's my pleasure. I feel honored to have been invited by such an, a phenomenal organization the Franklin Covey people and the seven habits Again, thank you for doing what you do. I'm sure people are going to be saying the same things about your work. So uh, thank you so much. And like I said, I wish you nothing but the best. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Dustin. Bye-bye. Bye. See you. Please support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, uh, podcast on Apple or Spotify, and help us celebrate the beautiful, messy work of shaping human potential.